The opinions and views shared in this podcast are the opinions and views of the host and the host alone. They are not a reflection of his employer or any other organization that the host is a member of. The host does not speak for anyone, only himself. This is the I Am Pith Podcast. Get ready for contact. You're going to be the next president of the United States. (laughs) Yeah, y'all did it all right. Y'all two fools definitely did it. And that laugh, my God. Oh, that is the laugh of a administration that is not taken serious by anybody on the world stage. I take two weeks off to kind of chill and get my mind together and step away from the podcast and take away my beautiful, soothing, deep voice from the podcast waves across the world. And I think Putin gets upset about that and he decides to invade Ukraine. I mean, what I mean, what other reason could it be? Could be the fact that we have a horrible, weak, ballless, feckless old man in office. I'm not I want to say leading our country, but it, well, he's leading our country. Straight to hell, but yes, he's leading and not in a good direction. Yes, but before we get into all that, I'm back. The I'm Pitts podcast is back. Like I said, I have to take a little break. I'll get into that with y'all towards the end of the show. But man, my Lord, a lot has gone on in the last two weeks. I mean, it's just unbelievable the turmoil the world is in. But not even just that, just locally. Things have been out of pocket, you know, and it's almost like the signs for the craziness have been there the last two weeks for me. I mean, it has been a carousel of craziness in my life and in my work and in the world for the past two weeks. You know, I was supposed to do a show two weeks ago on Friday, but I decided to go work overtime. Well, before I even get to the overtime, you know, it was just the shift before that my day off. It was just insane. And we keep running into, I want to say crazy people, but that is not the correct term. We call them CIT. That's crisis intervention. Somebody in the midst of having a crisis. So let me be a little bit more sensitive and say we've been dealing with a lot of CIT people. But it was like the start of my shift two weeks ago. I pull up to a large public housing we have in the the area we work and I see my partner. He's talking to this large white lady and my dude, he's a newer guy and he's not really big, but he's not really little either. But this lady was just dwarfing him and with wise man. And I'm pulling up and as I'm getting out of the car, I just see this giant arm swing towards him and him just kind of fall back trying to stumble out the way not to get hit. And I rush over and you know, we, I'm not going to say detain. No, we straight. We arrested her. And my God, the things coming out of her mouth. I couldn't understand most of what was said. Was a lot of curse words, a lot of anger. <laughs> but we ended up getting her down to the jail. And, you know, just to look on my partner's face at that point in time, I was like, dude, shoot, you dodged that giant fist and arm like the Matrix, my man. My Lord. And then it just got worse from there. We get a call about somebody laying in the middle of the street. Not even on my beat, but I go to help. And this person, this black lady is laying in the middle of the street 
It's been raining. She's covered in water. So we decide that we're going to take her to the hospital to get evaluated, you know, mentally. And I, we get her in my car and my Lord, she just starts going in. She's in another world. But then she brings me to her world with her with these crazy allegations. And this is why I am so glad we live in an era where we have body cameras. I remember when they tried to get when they we got body cameras at first. My first thought was I don't need no body camera. But thank God I police in a day and age where we have body cameras. Next thing you know, she just starts throwing out allegations of rape. You raped me. You were the one. You put your little pecker inside me. The condom that you did, use it still inside me. It's melted into my cervix. And I'm just like, oh, my God, here we go. I mean, it just went on and on and on. What got me mad, though, was the fact she was talking about my driving skills. Oh, she started cracking on my driving. That I do not like. That one hurt me. Now, that offended me more than anything. Oh, man, we get her to the hospital. You know, the talks about rape and all this keep going on and on. And then even worse, <laughs> she started calling me refrigerator raider and kept calling me fat boy. And I've, you are my age. I'm about to be 38. You know what the refrigerator raider was. That was a commercial in the 90s. They used to come on all the time. If you don't know what it is, look it up. It's on YouTube, Refrigerator Raider. So I started <laughs> I started laughing because I thought that part was actually funny, man. I used to love that commercial when it would come on back in the day. You know, that she'd be like, shut up, Refrigerator Raider. Refrigerator Rapist. Oh, man, it just kept going on. And as I brought her into the hospital, there's another officer, officer there. He looks at me like, really, dude? I'm like, man, don't even talk to me about it, bro. Don't, <laughs> don't even come at me like that right now. You know, we get her in there, but I actually felt bad at one point once we got her in there, her mom pulls up to the hospital and, you know, the uh, hospital security staff comes to escort her to the back room. She looks at her mom and they just make eye contact and then she just starts yelling, Mama, please help me, please. Oh, they, ain't gonna, they broke my heart. She started crying. Don't let them take me. Please don't let them take me. You know, and not even that, it, the fact that also, she starts yelling in the back of my car before we get to the hospital. I've got COVID and it starts spitting all over my glass. Oh, man. Thank God for spray nine. And it doesn't end there, ladies and gentlemen. It keeps going. Like I said, I decided to work overtime downtown to help out, you know, due to the staffing shortage. And it's it was beautiful, beautiful, beautiful overtime shift downtown, man. I mean, it wasn't too busy. I was just doing my checks on hotels, interacting with guests, being the fun-loving cop everybody loves in the, you know, downtown. Shaking hands, kissing babies, you know, politicking with the people and the visitors, man. It was great. And I had enough time, you know, where I wasn't tied to the radio. I was like, you know what? I want a delicious meal. So I decided to go get me some Thai food. I love Thai food. I love spicy Thai food. So I go to one of my favorite Thai restaurants. I'm like, yo, let me get the uh, spicy pad Thai noodles with chicken. How hot do you want it, Dex? Man, let me get it. Uh, it comes in about levels one through five. I said, you know, let me get that five. I want it as hot as I can get it. Because in my mind, I'm about to eat this meal. And then I'm about to chill and go home. Because I only got like two and a half hours left. And all I got to do is a couple more hotel checks. So I scarfed down this meal, man, I am stuffed like I ate Thanksgiving dinner. 
The clock is winding down and it is almost time to go turn in my paperwork and get in my POV and go home. But first, we got to go to a sandwich shop downtown because apparently there's somebody there that don't want to leave. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go down here and uh, chat with this guy. We're going to get him out of here real quick. Ain't going to be no big problem. So we go in there. And as soon as I look at the guy, there's another officer talking to him. And I was like, man, this is not going to end well. The lights are on, but ain't nobody home. He's looking at this trash can that belonged to the sandwich shop. And he just decides, like, this is my trash can. All the stuff in here belongs to me. Like, sir, this is not your trash can. You got to go. You know, deep down, I wanted to tell him, look, dude, I'm about to get off. I just ate. I'm not in the mood for this. But I kept it professional. So it comes to that point. I'm like, this dude's not leaving. So we go put hands on him. We start escorting him out of the sandwich shop. He decides he's not going to go. And I tell him, well, if you're not going to go, you're just going to jail, man. He's like, okay. So we scuffle for a second, get him to the floor, handcuff him. And he looks up at me. Well, I look down at him. I'm like, hey, man, stand up. He's like, no. I was like, look, dude, if I have to drag you out of here, I will. And he goes limp. And lo and behold, I drag him out of the sandwich shop, get him into the back of the car. And at this point in time, I'm starting to realize that it was a very, very, very bad decision to have eaten so much spicy Thai food. That spicy patsy you with the number five heat starts to swirl around in my stomach. Oh, and I feel it coming up in my throat, man. But I, I managed to hold it down. No, I paid too much money for that. I, I was not about to throw up my food that I just ate. No, especially not in front of this dude or anybody else, man. So, I, you know, I pulled it. I pulled it together and held on. But, man, we get this guy handcuffed in the back. The cuffs are on nice and, you know, snug. And we put a hobble on him. If you haven't heard of a hobble, ladies and gentlemen, that's what you put on somebody's feet around their ankles to keep them from kicking and swinging and kicking you in the face. So we get him in the back of the car, seatbelt him in, handcuffed behind his back, and the hobble. And I don't know if you all have ever met a meth head Houdini, but for the first time in my career in 13 years, I met a meth head Houdini. We are driving down the street to the jail. I keep my back window slightly cracked to keep airflow going into the back of my police car for prisoners. Like I said, nobody's dying in the back of my car. I'm not having it. I'm going to keep, I'm going to try to keep you as comfortable as possible. So we're driving down the road. And the next thing you know, all I hear is help, help. And I look behind me. Somehow this guy has managed to get his handcuffs in front of him, unbuckle himself and get his hobble off of his feet. I've never seen anything like that in 13 years. And there was no way possible. I don't know how he did it. But so he's got his head hanging out the window and just screaming help as we're driving down the street. And I embarrassingly have to stop and address this issue and get this guy back in the car and get him to the jail. My Lord, man. And these were all the signs of something giant and impending coming in the world. The signs were there all week and I ignored it. Absolutely ignored it. And then lo and behold, we had one more incident this last week. A crazy guy downtown holding the entire block hostage with a loaded syringe and a potted plant. 
Yes, a potted plant. Ladies and gentlemen, don't do drugs of any sort of any kind, please, for the love of God. And I, I saw for the first time in my career a less than lethal shotgun deployment that was extremely effective. It got the guy to drop the lotus syringe in the potted plant that stopped the entire downtown. My goodness, man. Oh, just an incredible week. And then a couple days later, we wake up to find out that, guess what? Russia has just invaded Ukraine. You know, the hits just keep coming. But the one thing about Russia invading Ukraine that has sparked my attention, anytime a world leader seems to fart or sneeze, there's always somebody on social media that starts talking about Bible prophecy and how this is the end times. And let me go ahead and preface this with, yes, y'all know, you listen to the show. I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. I believe in the rapture. I do believe in end time prophecies. However, could it be possible that not every major event that happens in the world is related to end time prophecy? Like I said, I am not the most skilled and versed man when it comes to end time prophecies. I have a very basic knowledge and I know that there are people that know a lot more than me. So my dear fellow Christians, I love you all. I, yeah, I'm with you. Hey, Jesus is the Lord. Jesus is King. I'm with you on all that. But my issue is I have lived through the end of the world and the rapture coming soon and the Antichrist more times than I can count. Now, I am on a cop Facebook page that I love. I'm not going to say on here because I don't want people to start going to it. That ain't cops and trying to get in and find out the secret lies we live on social media. You know, but, you know, somebody posted something about the end times and how Russia invading Ukraine was the start of the end. And I'm just I'm just sick of seeing it. I'm tired of it. man. And so I decided, you know what? I'm going to say something back. I didn't know. I'm not disrespectful. Nothing crazy. Just saying, hey, I'm just tired of these super Christians that every time something happens, we start automatically going to end time prophecies. And this is the end and get ready. And every time it's been the same thing, nothing happens. And it's not just been about war. It's been about, I mean, people were talking about Trump when he got elected, how he's going to be in office, in office for eight years. Lo and behold, he only got one, you know, he got one term. You know, God willing, he gets another four years after this coming election. My God, we could only hope so. Yo, but, you know, it's a, you know, I replied to the guy. Oh, and this just sparked this guy. And I could tell this guy was a little weird and a little creepy by the simple fact he doesn't have any real Facebook pictures. All he has is pictures of, you know, crosses, the rapture and his ugly little dog. So, you know, the fact that you don't have any real pictures of yourself up, that's automatically a red flag for me, man. So after I made that comment and I said, hey, I'm a Christian, but. Don't you think it's a little ridiculous? We always jump to this conclusion every time something happens. Oh, and he starts going in. I, oh, you're not. Oh, you're not a Christian. You're a fake patriot and a fake believer. And I was just like, oh, God, here we go. Here we go. And, you know, I, I chose not to engage too deeply, but I do like poking the bear somewhat with these types. The extremists, man, they they make me laugh. <laughs> So, uh, you know, I poked the bear a little bit more. 
I remember I posted a picture of a uh, Jim Jones and I said, uh, <laughs> I was like, this is what you look like reading my post. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, so now all Christians are murderous psychopaths, right? It's like, sir, that is not what I said, you know, but <laughs> I had a few people reach out to me in my inbox like, dude, that was hilarious. You know, I didn't even have my homeboy. He reached out to the guy and was like, dude, Dex is a good dude, man. He's not a fake patriot or a fake Christian, but God forbid you be a Christian and not believe everything that everybody else believes. God forbid you be a Christian and don't buy into the hype that other people are spreading. I'm just saying, uh, how many times have we lived through this? I mean, uh, what was it? Uh, Israel in, uh, invaded Palestine or couple years ago oh it's the end time when trump was in office and he moved like the israel embassy or whatever did something over there it's the end times how many times do we have to go through this man and this is why nobody wants to come with you to church because you keep spreading fear and madness i know i'm not saying i'm not saying not talk about the bible i'm not saying that it's not real but just be normal and live your life man Especially if you're a Christian and you know that we in the end, after all this, no matter what happens, we win. Why trip about it? Why worry about it? It just drives me crazy, man. Like, be normal. You could be a believer and not be an extremist. You could be a Christian and just be a normal, everyday person. You don't have to live in craziness all the time. You know, just like when coronavirus started and they started giving the jab. It's the mark of the beast. Six, 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 it's the mark of the beast. No, it's not the mark of the beast. I say I'm not getting that, not gotten the jab and don't plan on it, but I'm not going down the road that this is the mark of the beast. Ladies and gentlemen, I need to, some of y'all to come back to reality with me. Come back to reality with me. It's okay to breathe and enjoy life. But to my believers that listen to the show, like I said, I'm not mad at you. I love you. I'm with you. But I just want to share two verses with you all. Matthew 24, 36. But about the day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the son, but only the father. And that's talking about when the Lord is going to return. And there's one more I want to share with you. And that is the book of Matthew, chapter six, verse 34. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Take those two verses and marinate on it and then get back with me, okay? And I said, yeah, we know the rapture, it's going to eventually come. But my God, just because Putin decides to fart does not mean it's the end of the world, man. And we lose credibility when every time something major happens and we jump to the extreme every time. So let's reel it back in. Breathe a little bit. Take a shot of bourbon or something, man. But chill out, homie. It's it's serious, but it's not that serious. And, you know, all this talk about World War Three. Let me tell you all something. There's really not going to be a World War Three. Know what it's going to be if it pops off? They're going to blast their nukes. We're going to blast our nukes. And then the next thing you know, guess what? It's not going to be World War Three. It's going to be World War Z because we're all going to be looking like zombies roaming around after the nuclear fallout. That's the truth of it all. And, you know, just seeing everything going on over in Europe right now with Russia invading Ukraine. Man, Russia is. I'm not going to say, you know, Russia, but Putin is evil. 
Absolutely, period. Well, there's no other way to think about it, to say about it. He is a political gangster, man. A political gangster. And the people of Russia, none of us have an actual beef with the people of Russia. That's their country, their homeland, and they love it. They don't control the president. He is in control of all that. Man, I can't even call the man a president. He's a dictator. He's a tyrant. That's He uses fear and intimidation and muscle to get what he wants. But apparently it's not working out too well. As I'm learning this morning, man, they've lost like allegedly, I guess, like 4,000 soldiers. Dude, that's a lot of people in a few days. You know, and everybody over here in America, everybody's got an opinion, of course. What we should do, what we shouldn't do. And I just want to give you all my personal take on this whole thing. So morally, how I feel about this whole invasion, I feel that's wrong. There's nothing right about invading another country. There's nothing right about going in, firing rockets and miscellaneously killing innocent civilians who have nothing to do with this. I mean, the videos I've seen coming out of Ukraine, you know, of Russian jets firing missiles into, you know, uh, civilian homes and kids crying and screaming and death. There's nothing glorious about war. I've been to war. It's ugly. There's nothing special about it. It's morally it's wrong. You know, Russia is a schoolyard bully going around beating everybody up and just taking what they want and doing what they want and everyone's too afraid to do anything. So morally, I, f- I feel what Russia's doing is wrong. And morally, I feel like it is America's job to keep the schoolyard bullies at bay because that is literally what we've always done. That's on from a moral standpoint. And I also believe in the saying that, you know, too much is given, much is required. You know, if you are a superpower and you are able to keep evil at bay and if you are able to, you know, stop a war or stop an invading force from harming innocent civilians, you should. That's how I am. That's why I'm a cop, because I like my job being the fact that if somebody is oppressing somebody or hurting somebody, I can physically step in and stop that person from doing that. And that is what I feel like we, the United States, are supposed to do. However, we have to look at this from another standpoint. And we have to realize that this is not our fight. This is a regional conflict in which has nothing to do with the United States, nor our allies. And I hate seeing what is happening in Ukraine. It breaks my soul. I wish there was more that we could do, but... At this point in time, are we willing to risk going to war with Russia and possibly triggering a nuclear war over Ukraine? That's not me saying that just we should just dismiss all this going on and, you know, not think about it. No, we know definitely thoughts and prayers, or as we say, tots and pears to the Ukrainian people, man. But this is not our battle. I could see if this was happening on our continent but it's not and at this point in time man i don't want to see us spill any more blood on foreign land we've had 20 years of the war on terror over 7,000 american lives lost in a war on terror in which a lot of people say that's not justified or justified don't really care what you think but we've lost enough american lives and the last thing i want to see right now is us go and spill more of our most precious resources, 
the lifeblood of American men and women in service. So I, I just don't want to see it, man. I really don't. You know, and I'm seeing everybody raise up and say, no, America, we're better than this. We used to do this. You know, we used to be able to defend the weak. You know, the, the world we're living in now is not the world we were in post-World War II or prior to World War II. Prior to World War II, there were no nuclear weapons, but we could go over there and slug it out and duke it out for the long haul because there was no nukes. Now it's not that easy. The world post World War II, everybody's got nukes and all it takes is a hit of one button to trigger a worldwide catastrophic reaction, man. And that none of us want that. I don't want to see that. And unfortunately, Ukraine is caught in the middle of Russia's aggression. And if we step in, what do y'all think is going to happen? Putin's already issued a warning saying that if we step in, you know, there will be consequences like we've never seen. What do you think he's talking about? He's talking about nukes. And according, apparently today, he just put his nuke guys on standby. So he's ready to do something. The man is unhinged, you know, and he's ready. He's ready for whatever. And I also saw an article that said that Putin is expecting and ready to sacrifice 50,000 of his Russian soldiers to make this thing happen and take Ukraine. 50,000, he's ready for it. If he's ready to sacrifice 50,000 of his own countrymen, do you think he's going to have a problem hitting a button, sending a nuke over to us and ending thousands upon thousands of American lives? You know, so I'm not a fan of Joe Biden, but everybody's like, do something, Joe. Joe Biden is doing exactly what we expected him to do. And that Joe Biden is actually doing the right thing. Well, fortunately, he's doing the right thing right now by not putting U.S. troops in harm's way and putting the world in danger. You know, but I find it so funny now. You know, America was at war for 20 years and the war on terror. And now all these tough guys and tough girls that are stepping up. Let's, we got to do something, man. We got to go do something. The same ones screaming that we have to go do something are the same people who had 20 years to get in fight, to go fight for, their, for America and the war on terror and never took the opportunity. You had 20 years to fight and you passed it up and now you want to get tough. Get out of here with that madness, man. If you wanted a chance to fight, you could have gone and done it long time ago. You're just giving a bunch of lip service willing and ready to go risk it all for Ukraine, but not for your own country. But the crazy part in all this is, wasn't Trump the one that was supposed to be ushering in World War III? Wasn't that the whole thing when he was elected? Oh my God, it's World War III. It's coming. He's going to get us into a war. And what happens? Trump does not start any new wars. Starts bringing an end to the war on terror. Starts bringing our men and women back home from overseas. He brokers a peace deal in the Middle East and we don't start any new wars. Life under Trump was good. You might not want to say it, but life was great. I mean, inflation was down. Highest levels of black unemployment. Gas prices were low. Man, I just filled up my Yukon the other day, dude. That was disappointing, man. I mean, 80 freaking bucks. Damn, what a time to buy a Yukon. I probably should have waited, but I don't want no little car. I'm a big man. I got to have a big ride, dude. 
But it's just it's insane the way the economy is now. The shelves are never stocked. But like I said, Trump was supposed to be the Antichrist. Trump was supposed to be ushering in World War Three. And it was the exact opposite. But lo and behold, we have the amazing Joe Biden and the cackling Vice President Kamala Harris. We did it, Joe. We did it, Joe. God, she's so annoying. The whole, the pair, this entire thing, like this cannot be the America. <laughs> this is not the America I want right now. It's really not. But the thing is, we all saw this coming, man. We tried to tell y'all, like, dude, Joe Biden is not the guy we need. And Kamala Harris, who's an affirmative action hire, is definitely not the person we need. And you know what Putin did? Putin's been sitting, chilling, waiting in the wings, waiting to see how this was going to play out. Do you think Putin has not been paying attention or our world enemies not been paying attention to everything that's going on over here? Putin has been studying us and China been studying us, watching all of this unfold. Do you think he did not hear our generals talking about, hey, we need to go figure out white rage and the American military making room for people to have you know, gender transformation surgery so they can change genders. They've been paying attention to all of this. I think, I don't know if y'all remember, but earlier when I started my show last year, it was a, there was a commercial that was produced by the Russian military. I mean, this commercial was gangster, man. These dudes was out in the cold doing push-ups, and I was like, man, these brothers are ready for whatever. And then they made a comparison to the army commercial that we put out a cartoon of a young girl that graduated from boot camp and she had two moms and transgenderism. And I'm just like, dude, this is wokeness is not going to keep America safe. And we are seeing the byproduct of wokeness now on a large scale. And people continuously, especially the left and the media, Trump is not in office, but for some odd reason, we they keep bringing up Trump. The man's been gone for over a year, but still, because Trump, who made a factual statement when he said that what Putin did was genius, which actually was what Putin did was waited us out. You don't attack your enemy when they're at their strongest or when they're or at their strongest point. You have to find a chink in the armor. And my God, we got a giant chink in the armor with woke culture. That has permeated in our military and our leaders. And we have a weak and feckless and ballless leader in President Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. And not to mention the rest of our political leaders as well. Putin saw this and decided now is the time to attack. Now, I listened to a podcast the other day. They were saying how Putin made all these other moves and incursions into Ukraine under other presidents. But nothing under Trump. But of course, people say, oh, that's because they're friends. But see, that's been debunked over and over. They weren't friends. But see, Putin respected Trump because Putin respects power. Putin is playing chess. Well, Joe Biden's not even playing checkers. This dude's over here playing tiddlywinks and eating his jello. Putin does not respect the United States, he does not respect Joe Biden. If he did, he wouldn't have did what he did. But like Trump said, him waiting it out, that's actually a smart move. And them saying that, you know, Trump saying that what Putin did was smart. 
Now they're trying to realign Trump with Putin again. But it makes no sense. Why not put the blame on the man that's leading the country right now or the man that's supposed to be leading the country right now? And this is what all the gender BS and the them they BS crap has gained us in this country. It has gained us nothing. If anything, we have lost everything we've worked for over the years. We've lost the respect of the world, man. That should say something to us, but that that's not registering with people. People are still focusing in on this gender neutral fluidity bull. I'm not saying you can't do it, but that should not be the focus of the military or the focus of the general American public. And I'm sick of it, man. I say, if you want to be that, that's fine. But it has no place in the military. The military exists solely for one reason, people. The military exists to kill people in the interest and protection of our country. That's it. There's no need for this gender BS and bias and all that. I don't it, it has it, it's stupid and it just pisses me off. And no, I don't hate people that are trans. I don't hate people that are gender fluid. Hey, I will stand up for you and defend you if somebody comes against you to tell you that you can't do that. You can do what you want in this country. All I'm saying is keep it out of politics and keep it out of the military. Because we, our military is a fighting force that needs to be ready. We don't need to be bogged down with soldiers trying to figure out what bathroom to use. I need my soldiers to be bogged down trying to figure out what's the most effective weapon to kill as many people that we can in defense of our country. That should be the only thing on a soldier's mind. Combat readiness, nothing else. You know, I saw a video the other day, and damn you Ben Shapiro for putting this out there, but... I went to this transgender guy's page on YouTube. He was singing a song he made up off of the Watermelon Sugar High song, but he called it Watermelon Sugar Pride. Absolutely terrifying. It's like a 70-year-old white guy. He's trans. He's got super colorful hair. And this is a grown man wearing Hello Kitty stuff. I saw that and I about lost my mind. As I say, you can be what you want and do what you want. But a grown man that age wearing kids clothes, targeting children, that is a problem. And when people see that, you, I was like, our world world leaders see this stuff, man. Why do you think everybody's pouncing now? And you know what's going to get ready to happen next? China's going to move on Taiwan. Yes, absolutely. Why would they not? America is at its weakest it's ever been. They'd be foolish not to move in and take Taiwan because they know we're not going to do anything. So the world is going to continue to shift with America at a weakened state. In 1956, Russia's communist leader, Nikita Khrushchev, he said in one of his speeches, we will take America without firing a shot. We do not have to invade the U.S. We will destroy you from within. Marinate on that. We will destroy you from within. 66 years later, that quote is becoming true. No, not becoming true. It is true. And all of that is due to weak leadership. We are a nation of they, them, woke sheep being led by a ballless, feckless, out of his mind, head sheep, President Joe Biden whose son is a actual crackhead. 
I'm sure his son is the one that probably pitched the idea. You know what, Dad? We should give everybody crack pipes. Let's just all smoke crack together. You know, at this point, I might just consider and start smoking crack to help me detach from reality and detach from where we are at in our country right now. You know, we keep going down this road. We're going to need more drugs, my God, just to make it through all this craziness, man. But see, elections have consequences. We have been saying this forever. Where is this 81 million voter base that Joe Biden had? Why are these people so quiet? You know, I don't see them on Facebook or social media anywhere defending Joe Biden and everything he has done. It's probably because they can't afford to pay their Internet bill because of the inflation and gas prices and everything else in this world right now. Somebody, please come, please come defend Joe Biden. I want to hear somebody say something. Somebody say anything. That's right. Crickets. Nothing. I don't hear it. Even the news media is not really coming to Joe Biden anymore to try to save him, man. They're over it as well. And the last thing I want is for this to be a I told you so moment or we told you so moment and just rub it in your face. But I just want to say, hey, we told you so. We all knew that this was going to happen if Biden got elected. And it has been a steady downward, not steady. It's been a super fast downward decline since this man swore into office. It has been nothing good has come since we heard Kamala Harris on the radio, on the TV. We did it, Joe. We did it. Nothing good has come to this country since. And there's been nobody that stepped up to say anything good that voted for him. Now they've all just disappeared and faded into the bushes like Homer Simpson in that meme. But hey, no more mean tweets, no more orange man bad, right? You know, I was going to say that if you voted for Joe Biden, the blood of Ukraine's on your hands. That's not a fair statement to say. But there is a correlation, though. I'm just going to say if Trump was in office, I'm a, I can say with about 99 percent surety that this would not be happening and Ukraine would be safe right now. I'm not going to put that on you because you voted for uh, Biden. I'm not going to put the blood of Ukraine on you. That's that is blood is on Putin's hands himself. But let's just say Biden and your vote helped encourage it because elections and voting have consequences, people. And we are seeing that. And the people of Ukraine are suffering because of that. But like I said, I, I hate seeing what's going on in Ukraine. And it crushes my soul seeing people suffer. Yo, but. Americans, we are spoiled, man. I said, we don't have to worry about that over here. There is nobody that's going to launch an attack on American soil in such a way and try to invade us. They can't because we are surrounded by natural water, uh, water barriers. I mean, Canada is not attacking nobody. Hell, look at them right now. They can't even protect themselves from their own government because they, they don't have guns. Mexico ain't coming up this way. Man, they just want to come up here for the freedom, man. They're not trying to have, they, they don't want them problems. But like I said, Americans are spoiled. And because of that, we create problems because we don't have real problems. So everybody's concerned over what's going on in Ukraine. And we all should be. But people are losing sight of the battles we have here at home on our own soil. You know, there's still a war on police right now. 
What are you talking about, Dexter? There's no war on police. Oh, yes, it is. This war is still going on. How do I know? And who's this war being led by? Of course, this war is being led by the far left who loves communism and socialism. And what people have to realize is these groups that are leading this war here in America. It's based on the same foundations that have led Russia and Putin to invade the Ukraine, these communist ideals and beliefs. It's the same thing. It's all spun from a communist Marxist ideology. And these people, they're leading the charge over here. For example, right now in Austin, Texas, a Texas grand jury indicted 19 Austin police officers on charges of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon for their actions during the 2020 protests over racial injustice that spread nationwide following the killing of George Floyd. And they are believing that that the number of officers indicted could also grow. So I looked into this thing. And what had happened was people were rioting and trying to burn down Austin. We all remember 2020. It wasn't that long ago, people. I know your memory's not that short. You know, they were out in the streets destroying property, hurting people. And what do the police do? We're sworn to protect and serve. So we go to protect infrastructure, protect people. And what are officers trained to do? Officers are trained in riot techniques. And these officers start deploying tear gas and a and a beanbag guns and beanbag rounds to you know, stop protesters or no, excuse me, not protesters, rioters. Big difference between protesters and rioters. These officers tried to stop rioters. And the biggest thing that came out of this was that there were two people that were injured by beanbag guns or by beanbag rounds. And Austin has decided to pay both of these people $10 million for the injuries. You should not be paid any sort of money. If you get shot by a cop with a beanbag round and you are participating in a freaking riot, how does this make sense? Since when, why do we pay people for breaking the law? But then again, this is Austin, Texas, which is pretty much Louisville Southwest. They have the same saying in Austin that we have here in Louisville that says, keep Austin weird, keep Louisville weird. So it's yeah, y'all are definitely keeping it weird. All right. Paying people for being hurt. that got hurt during a riot. You shouldn't have been there. If you're going to protest peacefully, you know, this wouldn't happen. This is this is America. America is one of the last shining beacons of hope and freedom in the world today. Look at what's going on up in Canada, people. These guys are peacefully protesting and the government up there has become tyrants. Look at what's going on in Russia right now. There are Russian citizens that are protesting the war and the invasion in Ukraine. And guess what's happening? The Russian police are coming out and starting to crack heads because they are peacefully protesting. Now, if you look at America, we don't have that problem. The only reason officers in America you know, started putting hands on people was because there was destruction. There were people getting hurt. My God, how many officers have been shot and hurt the last two years during this craziness? How many civilians and citizens have been hurt because of the riots and protests here? There was a young black girl in Atlanta that was shot and killed at a protest by BLM. And she's black. She was shot and killed by one of them. See, when you do things right here in America and you protest peacefully, you can rest assured 
that you were not going to have anything done to you physically. I seen it here in Louisville when they were when they were protesting and walking in the streets during the daytime. Nothing happened. Everything was smooth and copacetic. Yes, they stopped traffic. Hey, I didn't agree with the stopping the traffic. Your right to protest should not interfere with somebody else's freedom of movement. But we let that roll. But when nighttime hit and they started protesting, people broke away from the crowd and started destroying stuff and hurting people. That's a problem. We can't allow that to happen. And when this happened in Austin, Texas, officers did as they were trained to do. Neutralize the threats. Stop the people without using lethal for without using lethal force. So therefore, they started using beanbag rounds to you know, deter the crowd of rioters. But now these officers are being indicted. And not just that, these officers are being indicted at a time when cities such as Austin need officers more than ever. I mean, they had they've lost over a hundred and thirty cops in Austin since 2020. And guess what? They're going to get ready to lose some more. Just like election have consequences. When you crap on your police force and you side with the people that are trying to hurt you and you turn your heroes into the enemy, there are consequences. And guess who's going to suffer? The citizens of Austin. All for politics. And it's sickening. Drives me crazy, man. But like I said, we, you know, we are fighting this war here at home. You know, the police are under attack, but at the same time, a lot of people don't realize there when a cop does something wrong, there is an avenue in a way for the citizens to approach that. And the system does work. It's not perfect, but it does work. Case in point, Kim Potter. If you don't know who Kim Potter is, she is the white female officer from uh, Minnesota. There's a little town right next to uh, Minneapolis. Well, she's the white female officer who shot and killed Dante Wright. If y'all remember the incident, they had the car pulled over. He had some warrants and he tries to run off. She was like, stop, stop, stop. Or I'm going to tase you. She yells, taser, 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 pulls out her firearm, shoots the guy point blank. And you can tell the moment she fired that gun and she yelled, taser, taser, taser. Yo, she knew she messed up. Well, Dante Wright ends up dying after that. Well, so they have her trial. And lo and behold, she does get she gets convicted of manslaughter in the death of Dante Wright. So the judge comes back with her sentence and Officer Potter will serve 16 months in prison with the remainder on supervisor release. And in a statement from the judge, Judge Chu, she listed factors that she called for a lighter sentence. The fact that Potter intended to draw her taser instead of the gun, that the scene was chaotic tense and rapidly evolving requiring quick decision making by Potter and Potter's decisions were not driven by personal animosity towards Wright. Officer Potter made a mistake that ended tragically. Chu said she never intended to hurt anyone. Her conduct cries out for a sentence significantly below the guidelines. Dante's Wright's parents were understandably upset that the lady's gone only going to serve, you know, two years after killing her son their son on accident. But I honestly feel like justice has been served in this case. She's pleading guilty. She's going to go to jail. She's no longer going to be an officer. You know, and I mean, I feel like that is an absolute fair sentence. It's not like she's getting away with nothing. It's not like she's not going to do any time. She's going to do time. But you all have to realize 
Intent is everything in this job. You have to prove someone's intent when they're doing something. And it was clear her intent was not to kill this young man. This is what happens when you don't train. This is what happens when you sit behind a desk for so long and then step out into the streets and then the stress hits and you lose your, you know, your training and your focus. Kim Potter is not a bad person. I can't say she's a good cop or a bad cop, yo, because I don't know her. But from what I've seen is that she was not out on the streets regularly. A cop that's out on the street every day would not have made that mistake for the most part. You know, no, no cops are perfect, but her getting this sentence is absolutely fair, if you ask me. And I am glad that the judge decided to go so light and be so lenient. This woman does not deserve to spend the rest of her life in prison after serving the community, her community for over 20 plus years when she could have been on a beach somewhere chilling, sipping on my ties, you know. But man, she made this one mistake and now her entire life is over. I'm glad the fact that, yes, justice has been served for Dante Wright. Now, people's definition of justice is different, but two years in probation is absolutely fine. And while, like I said, I understand his parents are upset, but maybe his parents should be more upset at the fact that their son was a human piece of garbage. And typically, I don't like to crap on dead, but the man, the kid had a warrant. He fought the police. He didn't listen. He was stupid. And his decisions led to this, his own demise. Yes, I'm, I'm not trying to do a, what, what they call victim blaming because he was the victim in this. But at the same time, he had victims in his life or he had people in his life that he made victims. There's a reason the man had a warrant out for his arrest. It's not like they're just driving down the street. Oh, look, a Negro. Bow. That's not what happened. But that's what the media will try to make you believe. So Kim Porter going to jail. I'm OK with it. And like I said, it should not be for the rest of her life. And I'm thankful that the judge was lenient in her sentencing. In the past two weeks, man, I've just been paying a lot of attention to a lot of stuff going on. I'm not going to lie. I've kind of took a little hiatus, not just from the show, but also social media. Just kind of getting myself together. Yo, but right before I signed off, I was watching this uh, thing on YouTube. And I just could not believe what I was seeing. And I think this is the thing that kind of triggered me. It was like, I need to take a break. But the stupidity that has been created, the stupidity in our country, it's created a new class of victim and a new level of privilege that is untouchable, man. There was this thing on this video on YouTube. It was talking about this show that's coming out on Showtime called It's Going to Be All White. And I want to, I want to play the clip from the show from you all. most about white people is when they pretend like they're the victim. <laughs> What's also annoying is when they, you know, when they kill us. What is fragile about whiteness when everything has been constructed around it? Every part of who I am has been distorted or criminalized. It's really just a bunch of white lies. <laughs> We're storming the Capitol! You're not patriots, you're ridiculous one of the definitions of American whiteness is ignorance. White people, we are not your problem. You are. Should white people today feel any responsibility for slavery? <laughs> Hell yeah. 
white Jesus or black Jesus? Jesus was not white. Think of geography. Ain't no way Jesus walked around with blonde hair and blue eyes. White culture fears the end of the world. For us as native people, the end of the world already happened like multiple times. Symbols and monuments, these are mementos of racism. Bring that statue down. Put up a TCBY yogurt or something. Everybody can get behind. <laughs> the truth has to be told about history. We have to make sure that these stories are told from our perspective. There's always hope, you know what I'm saying? We don't give up. It's about obliterating systemic and institutionalized racism. This is a wild place, y'all. It's a wild place. I know Harriet and Frederick be up there just like, what is they gonna do? Dude, what the heck? But that's not the end of it, ladies and gentlemen. That is not the end of it. So we can create a show that comes out defaming and just discrediting and crapping all over white people. But then we can make this other show on the other end that talks up the black man. It just makes the black man this mythical hero that's absolutely perfect and the victim in all things. This show on a Discovery Channel, I believe. It's called The Black Man Profiled. Listen to this clip. Black men are beautiful. Black men are magnificent. Black men are innovators. Black men are brilliant. Compassionate. Intelligent. Complex. Resilient. Critical. Necessary. Warriors. Everything. Cosmic, supernatural, cool. I've always felt the perception of who we are is filtered through a lens of fear. Still to this day, black men are not able to just walk down the street without someone assuming that they don't belong there. Stereotypes that have been put on black men takes place in the newspaper headlines, it takes place on the television, and I think it's played a major role in the bias against black men. It's an atomic bomb. It's every day for us, every single day. Put your hands out the window! That's the narrative. I felt threatened. I felt afraid. If they got on handcuffs, they're still a threat because they're a black man. Black men are not a threat. Black men portrayed as dangerous has been inside of the fabric of American culture from the beginning. Young black boys in America, we don't get a chance to be kids for a long time. There's no room to emote with the exceptions of anger. Society would have you think that we don't love and really rock with our queens like that, and we do. Most black fathers are in the home. Well over 50% is a shocker to many people. We are all living through a very painful time, and we must be able to talk about that. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We are in trouble as a country if we think that this is okay. How can you make one show crapping on white people, then you turn around 
and make a show talking up black men and make them special victims and they and they're a special protected class and nobody can do or say anything about them at all. See, you don't get to be a victim and try to invoke victim status while at the same time being a predator and on the attack. This is just morally wrong. It's just wrong on all levels. It's not right. This is what black privilege looks like. And see, I've never been one to use the term black privilege, but this is actually a legit and real thing. I mean, look at this is on TV for everybody to watch. This is saying that black privilege is real. This is saying that all white people are evil, but in that all black men are innocent and pure and that black people are off limits. But it's open season on whitey. Is this the type of country and world that we want to live in? Like I said, you don't get to be a victim and be a predator at the same time. And Lord knows, I better not see any self-proclaimed Christians come out in defense of any of this foolishness. This is not of God. This is not of biblical proportions. This is of the devil, man. This is evil. I mean, just look at the what the Bible says about something like this. Look at Matthew 7, 12. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law of the prophets. I mean, that is the golden rule that goes back since forever. Since I've been born, I've always been told, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So now I want somebody to go and make a counter movie like this about black people in the same way and point out all the bad, negative things about black people. And see what happens, man. There would be so many people at that person's front doorstep with guns ready to kill this person and cancel them off this earth if it was reversed. That is sickening. That is disgusting. And that is why I do not support you know, these movements, these Marxist, Latin and communist movements and socialist movements by Black Lives Matter. They are creating a class of untouchable victims. That is based solely on a complete truth and is misleading people by the dozens. And to really drive the narrative home about how much I dislike Black Lives Matter and why. We had an incident here in Louisville about two weeks ago. There's a guy here in Louisville that has been running that's running for mayor. His name's Craig Greenberg. Craig Greenberg is Jewish and he's one of like the top fundraising guys and in the mayoral race and everyone believes deep down that Craig Greenberg is going to be the new mayor and he probably is. So Craig Greenberg and his, I guess his campaign staff, they're at his office here in Louisville. Well, in walks Quintez Brown. If you don't know who Quintez Brown is, you're not from Louisville, but he's been on the national stage of some, some things. So Quintez Brown is a Louisville native young black guy. He's an activist, big time BLM, Big tie, I mean, big anti-gun movement and everything. You know, he's all about it. And he's also, well, was running for a city council here in Louisville. Well, Quintess Brown rock, walks into day, uh, to Craig Greenberg's office, pulls out a gun, starts busting off shots. Apparently, there's, uh, I believe, five shots are shot. And so LMPD gets called because we have an actor aggressor. Me, I was not working that day. It was on the beat next to mine where it happened. You know, 
And so LMPD gets there and they take Quintess Brown into custody and arrest him for the attempted murder of a Jewish man that's running for mayoral office here in Louisville. Crazy, right? Yeah, it gets even more crazier. So there was a bond, a $100,000 bond placed on Quintess Brown. Guess who shows up 72 hours later to bond this man out of jail and to put him back out on the streets? Black Lives Matter. Now, sometimes I tell people the stories are misleading. Yes, there's a $100,000 bond, but that does not mean that you pay $100,000. You usually pay 10% of that bond. And that's what they did. They paid the 10% of that bond and they got him out, which is absolutely insane. And what other people have to realize more about Quintess Brown. So Quintess Brown, he disappeared for a few weeks. It was, I think it was last year. He went missing and nobody could find him. And the rumor was that LMPD had found him and killed him because of his activism. And I always joke with my buddies when things like this happen and then these lies and mistruths and rumors start spiraling around. And I told my buddy, I was joking. I was like, you know what they're going to say? It's like, man, they're going to say that that time that Quintess Brown was missing, LMPD not only abducted him, but brainwashed him and tried to convince him to kill the leading mayoral candidate. And lo and behold, I said it as a joke. I know that I've heard grumblings on the ground from people on the left that some people in Black Lives Matter really, really believe this. But it's just so bizarre, man. This guy, uh, clearly the guy's not stable. He's got some mental issues. And to just walk into a guy's office and just start shooting off shots, how Craig Greenberg survived, I don't know. But this also brings up something else I say. I've got trust issues with the government. I've got trust issues with our local government, city council, and the people running for mayor. I do. In back of my mind, I say, I am not a conspiracy theorist. But it just seems odd to me that he would just randomly walk into this office, start shooting, and from what I heard, he was only 5, 10 feet away. And Greenberg was right in front of him. And he missed Greenberg and grazed his sweater put a hole in the sweater and all these other people in there and nobody got shot. Nobody got hurt. But lo and behold, the story makes national news. No, everybody know who Craig Greenberg is and Louisville's on the front and center again. And BLM has bailed out Quintez Brown. I'm not a big conspiracy theorist. I'm not saying that there is a conspiracy theory, but I'm just going to say I got trust issues. And personally, I think some stuff going on. I don't have any proof, but that's just my personal belief. Missing five, 10 point blank shots. Okay. You know what? I've said my piece. That's what I believe. But I also believe that Quintess Brown does have issues. But my issues is with the fact that here you have a black man walks into the office of a Jewish man and tries to kill him point blank, period. And 72 hours later, he is bonded out of jail. He should have never been given a bond. And that is the major problem we have in this city. Criminals commit criminal acts, try to kill people, and they are given a bond. And they are released back into the community to go reoffend. 
Case in point, we had a shooting here in Louisville the other day. Black guy goes and shoots and kills the mother of his child, takes his child. So now we have a child that's going to grow up without a mother. And this guy's on the loose again. So we've recovered the kid, but LMPD has not found the guy that did the shooting. Well, this guy's already a convicted murderer, done time and been released back out. Why do we keep letting these people back out into our community? Somebody needs to answer for this judge is somebody. And I tell people, I don't like Black Lives Matter, not one bit. But when they say that the system is corrupt and messed up, I do agree with them on that. There is something wrong with our system that allows these people to constantly be released and reoffend no, and reoffend. And even Greenberg said it himself. He doesn't understand why Quintez Brown is out and around walking free. You know, I am glad Craig Greenberg survived. I don't you know, I don't condone violence of any sort. But my God, man, you know, this guy tried to kill him and he's already back out. And not just that. He's a mayoral candidate. You know, the ATF and FBI reply or responded to the scene, you know, but and I'm like, why are they not handling this investigation? Why is this not going federal? I don't know. I really don't know why. But it, like I said, it stinks to high heaven and something don't smell right. And that's just my personal opinion. And BLM released a statement on when they uh, released on. Well, excuse me, not released, but when they went to go pay the bond of Quintess Brown, man. And I'm not even going to read the statement because it is asinine. And I'm tired of talking about BLM because they are the bane of my existence. And I detest everything about them from start to finish. But it was just, you know, the the hypocrisy of this organization, you know, rules for me or rules for thee, but not for me. That's exactly what it is. And it just drives me up the wall and that this could happen in my city and that somebody just walks away scot free. You know, he's going to go there, you know, going to get treatment and seek help and all this, man. And I absolutely agree that the guy does need help. But sometimes helping someone does not mean releasing them back into the community to where now we're going to have to go probably get this person again. And they're probably going to traumatize somebody else in the meantime, because you just can't quell violence with hugs. It just don't work like that, people. It has never worked like that. But hey, this is Louisville politics and this is America. And this is what this is what the reality is right now. And it's not just here in Louisville. This has happened all across our country. Just violence off the charts and people constantly, you know, the whole bail reform thing. It's insane, man, that and people are co-signing on this. But, but lo and behold, the people co-signing on this are the ones that don't live in these communities that are affected by these people that continuously get released. And it's always the minority communities that suffer. But we don't want to talk about that. But Black Lives Matter, though, right? Oh, no, excuse me. Black crime matters. That's that's the gist of it. And it's all about that money, baby. All about that money for Black Lives Matter. I heard something the other day, man, that they Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation, man, they had amassed 60 million dollars. But nobody knows where the money's at. And nobody knows who's in control of the money. Like I said, green money matters. It ain't about black lives, man. It's all about that dollar dollar bill, y'all. But let me stop and get off that. Like I can go on them all day. They sicken me. But I don't want to continue to be the dead horse. So February 
was supposed to be a spectacular month for me. I mean, I had so much going on this month and that just at the last two weeks. So as you all know, my book, I am Pitts memoirs of an American Patriot released in January. Well, February 20th, I just the other week, I had my official book release party here in Louisville at a place called Louisville launch down on East Broadway. And what made this event even more special was the fact that February 20th is my wife's birthday. And then a couple of days later, I would have to celebrate my son's sixth birthday. So much good going on in my life. So many positive things and people coming out of the woodworks to thank me and I'm signing books and man, it, I want to say it feels great, but the problem is the last two weeks, few weeks, I've not felt anything because of this beast that I've lived with called PTSD. And before I really get into it about the whole PTSD thing, I want to address something about PTSD and what people call it. You know, some people get all cute and catchy with the name and call it, you know, it's not PTSD. You know, it's just PTS or drop the D. It's not a disorder. You know, personally, I really don't care what people call it. All I can tell you is that I don't enjoy having it. It is not fun. So I don't really care about the whole uh, drop the drop the D man that none of that matters, man. All the thing that matters is that you learn how to deal with it, live with it and navigate it and defeat it and learn to live your life with it. So for me, I don't know what the triggering point was, but could it be all the stress I had going on work, book stuff, podcasts? I mean, you know, stuff in my personal life. Who knows? I don't even know. But. I, I clearly hit a trigger point. And for me, I tell people I've been battling with this monster for so long. I can see the spiral, the downward spiral coming and I can feel it. And it was a slow, slow, steady descent. And then all of a sudden for me, it first starts with irritability. And then after that it starts with some memory stuff, then I start to withdraw. And then all of a sudden, the best way I can describe how I feel with it, it's like a light switch. Feelings are on, switch is on. And all of a sudden, when the beast hits, the power goes off and the feelings are off. And I don't feel anything. And that is how I have felt the last two weeks. You know, I, so if you came to my book release party, to everybody that came, thank you. I appreciate you. Thanks for coming to celebrate the night with me. So I was smiling, but people don't realize how hard it was for me to smile. I had to force my smile. It's my wife's birthday. And I'm just a shell of the man I used to be because I was in the thick of this battle with PTSD for the last week or two. And it just I was not myself. And the biggest thing I can tell people is I lost my smile. And I look at the pictures I took from the event with people. And a lot of people can't tell, but I can look at myself and see, but I can see the emptiness behind my eyes and I was pushing the smile hard, but deep down, man, I, I was numb. I want to say I was hurting, but I wasn't hurting because I wasn't feeling anything. I look like Dexter, but I was not Dexter. I was just there and it felt even worse for me when, you know, it's my wife's birthday. I'm cold. I'm detached and I'm just numb. My kids, 
There's no worse feeling. Oh, can you say worse feeling? There's in your brain, you know, it's not right. And it doesn't feel good because your kids are coming to you. Your kids want to love on you. You see them, you know, you love them, but you can't feel you love them. It's not a good place to be. I can't stand it. Can't stand it. And I look at my wife and I know I love her, but I can't feel I love her. And I'm surrounded by all these people at my event that came out and I can tell they love and support me, but I can't feel that they love and support me. So I had to put do what I had to do to put on a show to, you know, to be there and be a part of this thing. But, man, it was so hard for me to get through it and to I had to hide my numbness. And to you all, I apologize for that. But like I said, y'all didn't know. But y'all, I didn't ask for this. It's just something that happened and just the timing just so had to be that. And my God, I'm feeling a lot better now that I'm coming out on the other side of it. But I felt so bad for my son. You know, we took in the Chuck E. Cheese the other day for his birthday. <laughs> and I was the saddest person at Chuck E. Cheese in Chuck E. Cheese history. You know, everybody's out having a good time, just eating pizza, playing games. And I'm just sitting here. In my own little world, my own numb world, detached from everything, not wanting to talk, not wanting to communicate, not wanting to be a part of anything, just kind of wanting to be alone and away from the world. But I know that since I've been battling this, I have to push myself to certain lengths to just make it through. I didn't want to go to Chuck E. Cheese. I mean, I didn't want to go to my book event, but I made myself go because I know that people were depending on me. My son was depending on me. So I was there physically, but emotionally, I wasn't there. Mentally, I wasn't there. And I absolutely hate that because I know that is not the Dexter people know. That is not the Dexter people expect. But Dexter's got to be real with y'all. I got I have issues with it. I said I go numb. I detach. And it has been a struggle coming back, you know, but I felt so I can't say I felt bad. Now that I'm kind of coming out of it, I feel horrible looking at it and I'm trying to figure out a way to help me, you know, stop the numbness from encroaching upon my life. And the one thing I hate doing, I hate taking medications. If you all go back and watch my HBO documentary, I tell people in that documentary the whole time that the one thing I don't want is I don't want to have to take a pill in the morning to make me feel normal to get me through the day. And I don't want to have to take a pill at night to help me get to sleep. And so right now I am currently living that nightmare. And like I say, my life is great. There's nothing wrong. I'm not on the verge of going crazy or suicidal people. I just know how I feel. And I don't like the fact that I'm at a point in my life where I feel like as much as I don't want to be on medication, I'm probably going to have to because right now I'm, apparently I'm not able to regulate myself. Typically I keep a good schedule. You know, I stay active and I'm constantly working and doing something, but Something's going on. Something changed and where I'm now having to deal with this more often. And I think I know what it is. Personally, I think it's the fact I've been cutting back on the amount I've been working. And usually when I'm at work and I put on that uniform man, that uniform is my saving grace. It's like it's my cloak and it's it's my Superman cape. And I can be what I need to be when I'm in that uniform. But when I take off that police uniform and step away, you know, I'm raw. I'm exposed. And you know what? I'm not going to be in that uniform forever. But guess who is going to be here forever? My friends, and especially my family. 
So I'm finding my way forward. I am doing and feeling so much better. Hence why there was no show two weeks ago. <laughs> I was supposed to do a show <laughs> right after the interview I did. I was supposed to go do one, but I, I just felt that beast slowly encroaching upon me. And I was like, just do the show, Dex, do the show. And I just, I gave in and I didn't do it. And I just kind of fell back and I knew, I was like, you know what? I probably need to take a step back, chill out, get myself together, get back on some medication and help me out. And lo and behold, here it is, the latest episode of the Iron Pits podcast. You know, it, especially in this day and age, especially with our officers after the last few years, a lot of police officers might not want to admit it, but being exposed to prolonged stress like we have in this profession the last few years, that is what creates complex PTSD. We were literally in a combat zone and a combat operation continuous for a year. This was not the policing of old where you put on your nice little uniform and go to work and save kit, you know, cats and trees and kiss and hug babies. Man, we have been on alert and we are still on alert. There are more officers being killed and assaulted and ambushed now than any other time in history. We have been completely turned on and not able to turn off. That is the same thing that happens to soldiers in combat. The constant exposure to stress is what creates this. And I'll tell you this, Mr. Quintess Brown, the uh, guy that snapped and went into the office of the, uh, the uh, mayoral candidate. He was out there this whole time, too. So it is absolutely legit to believe that a lot of the rioters and protesters, they are suffering from PTSD as well because they were turned on as well. Although my personal opinion is they could have easily just stepped away and done the right thing. And none of this would have ever happened if they would have been peaceful, but they didn't want peace. They wanted to fight. They wanted to be destructive. They wanted to cause chaos. It was an insurgency. And that's what you do in an insurgency. So they sold all this chaos, but they are going to reap all of this as well, mentally and emotionally. It don't just affect us. It affects all of us. It has affected our families, our communities and our country. And we are now two years just on the other side of it. And this is when those issues and problems start popping up. We just had an officer here that uh, went through an issue with PTSD and it was all over the news. And I'm not going to drop his name. But if you are listening, my brother, hey, I got your back, man. I hope you are getting the help that you need. I'm getting the help that I need. And the reason I do this show is to make sure that other officers, veterans, soldiers, whoever, the, the everyday average man and woman realizes like, yo, this, something's not right with me. You know when you're not yourself. It is okay to step aside and go and ask for help and say, hey, I need help. Lucky for me, I've been battling with this long enough. I am able to see the storm coming and I'm able to kind of brace myself but no matter how much I brace myself, I get into the storm and I know I just kind of have to wait it out. And I'm smart enough to know that I can't make any harsh or rash decisions while I'm in the midst of that storm because I'm not at a place where I should be doing that. And so that is how I've been able to survive and cope over the years. But I want to get to the point to where that light switch on me just doesn't flip on and off so easy at random times. I want that to be on that that emotion switch to be on continuously because I always want to feel the love 
of my family and my children. I want to feel the love of my family, friends and supporters. I want to feel the love and the, you know, the support of my fellow officers. But I also want to feel the natural humans emotions that come when something happens and it makes you upset and mad. I want to feel the natural emotions of being let down because this is all part of the human experience, emotions. And there's nothing worse than being a, a zombie, an emotionless robot, just kind of waiting and want, wandering through life. Thank God I'm outside. I'm on the other side of it now. So, man, I had to get that off my chest. Had to put that out there. I say Dex is good. Dex going to be fine, y'all. I said, I've been battling with it a long time now, and I have such a great support system in my wife, my friends at work, the people I work with, my chain of command, and just so many other people, man. So and once again, I just want to thank everybody that's been supportive of the podcast. I want to thank everybody that has been supportive of the book. I Am Pitts has been doing well. I mean, the book has been selling, and I am so proud of the product I've created and I am so proud to share it with the world. I'm proud to share my story with you all. And I really do hope that more officers and veterans start stepping up and sharing their stories. And even if you're not an officer or veteran, you are a human being. And every human being has a story. Every human being has a book in them to write. And only you can write it, though. So, man, just, you know, just keep living your lives. Just don't be afraid to share with other people. Stop worrying so much about what people are saying and thinking about you, because no matter what you do, somebody's going to have something to say at the end of the day. And all you can do is just put out what you know and do what you know, man. So once again, thank you all for tuning into the podcast. Like I said, this has been the I Am Pitch podcast. If you all could, please go and rate the show on Apple iTunes, Spotify and Google. Also, you can also go to Podbean and leave me a review. And if you are interested in purchasing my book, I Am Pitt's Memoirs of an American Patriot, which is 27 reviews and five stars reviews on Amazon so far. So if you have read the book, please go leave a review for it. If you want to order a copy, go to IamPitts.com. And if you would love to purchase a signed copy from me directly, go email me at IamPitts at Yahoo.com. And you can also just buy the book from me direct. I've been telling people I didn't tell people from the start because I was getting a little overwhelmed with all the orders and requests. So but that is another way. Instead of going through Amazon, you could just email me and hey, buy the book direct from me. All right. So, man, thank you all for tuning in again. I know this has been a long one. I know this is one that's carried on. But, man, I've been out for two weeks and I had a lot to catch up on. But thank you all for coming and tuning in to another episode of the Iron Pits podcast. I'll tell you all again, I appreciate every download. I appreciate everyone that comments on my, you know, my pages on my Facebook and my uh, Instagram pages. Thank you all so much for being fans. Please be sure to tell your friends, family about the show. But other than that, ladies and gentlemen, this is it. Man, you all take care of each other. And please feel free to reach out and get help. You can reach out to me. I don't care if you need somebody. Hey, Dex is always here, man. But until the next time, I'll see y'all on the next one.